Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest from the world of business, entrepreneurship, baseball, woodworking, and a lot more where I can help you harness your own inner tenacity to drive your career forward. If you know me, I love two things, baseball, my New York Mets, and bourbon. So when the stars align to have Randall Thompson and Chris Dennett, founders of Dugout Mugs, these awesome wood contraptions we'll get to in a little bit and tell you all what they're all about. In a moment, I jumped, plus... I got one in my hand right here, so let's get to it. Chris and Randall, welcome to the podcast, gents. Awesome, good stuff. So let, let's jump to it. You both have very, very unique stories, I and mean, your journeys are couldn't be more different. Randall comes from the world of baseball. Chris, I believe, comes from the world of media. And you guys, the stars align and came together. So let's talk about, Randall, your background. You played baseball for years. What, what age was that? What age did you first fall in love with baseball? Were you like a little eager from the start? Yeah, little leaguer from the start. Grew up playing the little league field just down down the road from my house. Uh, really fell in love with the game probably when I was like eleven or twelve. But I started playing when I was four or five years old. Yeah, I've, I have a three year old, and I'm like, I can't wait. I got the little t ball ready for him. He's got some good coordination, and you know, it's uh, I, I want him to be a lefty relief pitcher. I think that's what I'm going to groom him for these days. But when did you when did you know that you had? a skill, ability, and a passion that was next level. I mean, listen, there's kids that play that are freaking awesome. They're great. But then there's the ones that are just above and beyond. What, did, did you recognize it? Did your dad recognize it? Did your coach recognize it? When was it that you knew that you you know, were destined to, to take it to the next level? Uh, I, I always had an unexplainable love for baseball. And I always had a passion for it. But the, the talent didn't always match up with the love and passion. I was kind of a late bloomer in which uh, I walked on to a D2 college. It was my only offer to go play baseball. And then in college, I kind of found my stride. And uh, that's that's where I started getting professional uh, attention. But before that, I was kind of uh, just an average player my whole life. And what was it? What was it that clicked? Was it, you know, someone said, hey, you're, you throw the ball pretty hard. Why don't you get on that mound and see what you could do? Yeah, I, I moved from uh, a third baseman that just didn't really hit very well uh, to getting on the mound and and throwing kind of hard. So that's kind of the transition that happened. And, and I love to always ask, who are a couple of your baseball idols growing up? Loved Chipper Jones. Um, pretty much. <laughs> that uh, killer. <laughs> pretty much any any Brave uh, in the 90s. And then uh, also I, I loved David Eckstein growing up just because I was an undersized player. Um, and just uh, watching what he did on a diamond was uh, inspiring for me. You know, as much as I hate the Braves as a Mets fan, as a diehard Mets fan, you got to respect Chipper. I mean, he named his kid Shea. 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, if there's if there's anything better than that, uh, it's awesome. And and as the story goes, you were you know the the scouts came out um, and you joined. Were you, were you drafted or you signed by the Jays? Uh, undraft, undrafted free agent uh, after my senior year in college. So let's talk about minor league baseball. And if anybody doesn't know, the it's the, such a small percentage of, of any sport professional athletes, you know, make it to the, you know, make it to the to the big show. Talk to us a little bit about what that that pressure was like, you know, you know, going through the minor leagues. Uh, I've said it before, and, and and I truly believe it that your whole entire life you go through baseball, and you use the game to better yourself. And then when you get to professional baseball, it turns into a business, and it starts using you to better itself. Uh, and being somebody that's really obsessed with baseball and loved baseball, uh, when that when when that kind of one eightied, uh, it kind of made me say, "Hey, what the, what the heck's going on here?" Um, so it wasn't so much pressure, more so than it was just a a different type of game that I didn't necessarily love. And if you don't mind me asking, because I'm I'm extremely curious, and and I understand if you don't want to talk about it, that that moment when you got word that it was the end of the road, take take us back to that day. How, how, how did that feel? How did, how, did that, how did that sit with you to the point where you're like, now what? What's next? Uh, initial response was like bitterness um, and uh, almost like uh, it doesn't matter. I don't, don't really want to do this anyways. Um, and as it kind of sinks in and you realize how much your identity is tied up into the game of baseball and how quickly it gets ripped away from you. Uh, there are, I mean, it took me years to kind of figure out what, what my path was going to be and what I wanted my path to actually be. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing, but, uh, as always perspective is, is the best medicine and there's far more things that are incredibly more, more difficult than, uh, getting a game ripped away from you. Um, it, it's, uh, it could be a lot worse. I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. And, and Chris, we'll get to your journey in, in one moment here, uh, a little bit different path. Uh, but the piece that I love is, 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 is this story. What, what was that aha moment? What was, what was like that? You know, Hey, I, I see you're cutting down these, these bats over here and you know, we could do something with those. Take us back to that moment. Yeah. Uh, after I got released, I kind of went into this default mode of saying like, I didn't need baseball to, in order to be identified as who I am. So I got a couple jobs and those jobs weren't really great. So I went back to coaching college baseball where I went to college. And in 2014, the, the guy that uh, was the hitting coach, he was cutting wooden baseball bats in half in the dugout with a handsaw. And um, I saw a bunch of loose bat barrels lying around in the dugout. And I examined them and I thought to myself that I could probably drill out the center of them and turn them into pretty cool drinking mugs. And, and you had no... I mean, were you handy? I mean, you didn't have proper, you know, wood wood shop woodsmanship, yeah, no idea. craftsmanship experience. So those first, those first, uh, you know, prototypes, how had they come out? Were they drinkable? No, horrible, really. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> to say the least. Do you, do you have them like on a shelf in your office somewhere? Yeah, from the from the conception to the idea to, to the notes that I put in a journal or pieces of paper to me trying to drill these things out of my my backyard. Um, yeah, I have, I have it all documented and a bunch of Tupperwares. I, I, I love it. So Chris, we, we didn't forget about you in the middle of it. I want to talk about your journey. Um, you know, you had your own media company since 2011, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you, did media you... was a company that I started. Um, my journey actually goes back to gold's gym. Initially I, I would open gyms and I was really good at sales and people and creativity and, and lead generation. And, and, and I, I was leveraging social media. 
right? Facebook had just come out. And I was, I was leveraging this new website called Facebook to drive sales and revenue. And it was, I mean, then they're like, what is it? And so it was, it was in its infancy. And I just realized that what, what I'm best at is sales, promotion, creativity, outside-the-box marketing. And I had to find a way to do it in a one-to-many format. And that's what social media provided. You could still create one-dimensional you know, uh, uh, relationships but, but they were still more real than, than an email kind of thing. Oh, for sure. And so anyway, I started running with that. Um, and, and I had media companies and uh, I went into real estate and I leveraged social media to turn houses. And then I said, well, I did that really well. So let me do that for these 10 people. And they were high in real estate. I mean, somewhere on, you know, uh, flip this house. And, you know, so I was running the social media for groups like that. And it just, I'd found a way to leverage social to get really creative from sales and marketing. And then the logical next step was, was creating dinner media, which was going to be the umbrella corporation for the other things that I did. Sounds like a pyramid scheme to me. No, just kidding. I mean, did you always, <laughs> did, did you, did you always have this entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, did you ever yeah. even like think about working for somebody else? You're like, screw that shit. Like, I yeah, I got fired. I got fired from every job, literally every job that I've had um, through the teenage years. And I think 22 is when I 22. I think I was 20, 22, maybe when I started with Gold's Gym. Um, but yeah, so the thing was, is, is I always it was almost maybe not the matrix but when i looked at things it's like oh that would work better this would be different oh you should probably try this and it was never um it it, it wasn't appreciated and celebrated the way that it is now and mm-hmm. i think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are are budding but um it, it wasn't celebrated when i did it it was like this is the way we do things damn it and i'm like well listen buddy i ain't working no and and when i got to gold's gym the the owner um I was very unorthodox how how I dressed, what I said. Um, I mean, literally took my shirt off in the middle of the gym to show somebody how much better tan fat looks. Like, listen, I mean, I went to the next level, and he said, "Listen, tan man, if you get if you get, yeah, tan fat's better than pale fat, right?" That was yeah, that was I'm, I'm tan fat part. all summer, man. I love I love and I took, tan. And I took my shirt off at the front desk and be damned if the guy didn't buy tanning for a year. So, point is, is it's like. He's like, Chris, get the job done. I don't care what that looks like. And I think it was like 18, I got 18 months in a row, top sales. And, and he's like, okay, listen, man, you want to just you know, kind of run the place? I got another one coming. You want to go open that one too? And anyway, that was kind of the path. And I was just really unorthodox. And, and he was the first guy, Dave, to really kind of celebrate and let me, let me run with it. And, and then obviously I never stopped running. And he told me, he's like, man, one day you're going to realize what you're capable of and you're out of here. And he was right, you know. Uh, we're still still friends to this day, which is cool. Is but that's when I started jumping into the entrepreneurship. But as Randall said, typically distance creates clarity, and and the further away from a situation you get, the more clear it is how it all transpired. So I mean, I look all the way back when I was teens, early teens, you know, thirteen, fourteen. I was hustling. You know, my mom didn't have a ton of cash. I mean, it's an um, amen. It was always what's it's, that? Always, it's always been in your blood. It was destiny. Yeah, I mean, I would sell candy, I would sell pencils, I would, I, I boiled and made cinnamon toothpicks and sold them ten for a dollar, you know. That's aggressive. Whatever I could, I was a hustler. I love it. And so, and uh, a, a hustler, and and just get it done, right? And that has stuck with me for decades. 
thank so God. Let me, let me let me ask you this before we get to the story of how how Harry met Sally over here. Chris, you, you had you had a pretty serious you know incident back in 2015, life threatening. Yeah. What what happened there, man? And and what changed for you after that moment? Basic shit, man. I ruptured my appendix. There was nothing out of the ordinary that it doesn't happen to somebody every single day. The difference was, is my perspective was so skewed. I, I thought to myself, I, I really, literally, for a, the longest time, my, my password was the kid can't miss. And it's just that mentality. I just, I was good enough to do a lot of things really well. And I g- kind of got this bulletproof mentality. And so I was like, yeah, I could take more deals. I owned like four or five companies at that time, um, traveling, jet set and this and that. And I had a little girl at home and everything. Anyway, I got sick. I should have went to the hospital, but I had to go to the, the Stanley Cup game the next day. I had a meeting. Care at the yourself. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, it's prioritizing your health. And you just thought, well, right. maybe maybe you pulled something, maybe something twisted. I said, you know, I'll go have a, I'll go have a, a sparkling water and this will go away. You know, it, just Meanwhile, oblivious. poison leaking into your body there. Yeah, by the time they found it, it was the size of a, a football Jeez. in my core, and they had to, it was a week. I, I waited a week to go into the hospital, and and then they took it out. And you have two little kids, um, getting potentially fatal, fatally ill, and you can't see them no. over a Skype call or something like that. And they've never walked, never talked. You never really met them yet. It's uh, it's interesting, right? It changes your perspective on things. Priorities. What's important. You know what? You know really. Yeah. Know, so let's let's jump let's jump to the story, and, and we talk a lot, you know, about partnerships of those complementary skills, the soft skills, the hard skills. Randall, what what was that that like thought process? Where you're like, all right, I'm really good at X, Y, and Z, but I ain't no shit about you know parts of the business there. You know, how did you come to that realization that you need somebody like a Chris to really help you grow and build this business? In the beginning, in the beginning of things, I mean, if you think about it in, in the terms of, of baseball, in the beginning, you start on a baseball field and you don't even know what side of the plate to stand on. You don't know which way to run after you make contact with the ball. So I didn't really know what I was good at. or And, and that's still an ongoing process of me trying to figure out what I'm what I'm actually good at and what I enjoy and where that intersection is. Um, but I, I had an idea that I needed to sell the stuff online um, and through social media. And I wasn't really sure what that looked like. Uh, and that's how I came across Chris. And that was uh, what uh, intrigued me the most is that he had a back, background in selling a lot of stuff online. And I felt like that was the, pe- the, the path to the least resistance for, for the mugs. What was, what was something, Randall, you didn't like about Chris in the beginning that he changed your mind on or some kind of hesitation? Uh, well, we have an I mean, open and honest format here. You guys are, you guys are buds. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways, uh, Chris has expanded my mind in the way of looking at money and how to leverage money. How so? Um, uh, that not all debt is a, is a bad thing. Um, Good one. And, uh, I mean, debt backed up by, by revenue or de- debt backed up by, by certain things can actually lead to, to better growth. 100%. Uh, and, ju- and just in general, how to, how to look at it and how to leverage it for time as Pretty well. Cash flow. Yeah. So, um, so talk about talk about the early days of the relationship. How, how did you guys, you know, I, I'm sure there was conflict along the way, and I think conflict is good. Conflict brings out ideas. Conflict drives things forward. How did you guys really learn to work best with each other based on your personalities, the way you operated? What were some of those early 
um, you know, conflict points that you guys had to work through from a partnership perspective. I think it's really critical uh, to share with the audience. You know, a lot of folks have partnerships. Some of those key lessons learned that maybe we could share. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's like 100% perfect, but for the most part, Chris and I are on the same page on a lot of things. Um, same page uh, in different lanes, though, right? I yeah. think the, the biggest part was we had the same vision because we're, we both painted it together. And we identified what our strengths and, more importantly, what our weaknesses are, and we stay the hell out of each other's way. That's a good one. You know what I mean? You guys join forces here. We got a great product. We got a great idea. I love the the video, Chris, and you know that you have in the signature there. The the thought of like this thing freaking sells itself. You go to a sports bar and you see people drinking beer out of this. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, this is a slam dunk. Sorry, this is a grand slam. Let's use the right sports analogy here. Um, they're beautiful. They're well made. They're awesome. But they always, they weren't always like this. Was it always? I, correct me if I'm wrong. The original idea was to mass produce the logos here, and it turned out now that they're each custom original handmade right how much does that have to do with the story about the product here uh i, I mean it it, it kind of just makes sense as you progress uh you kind of listen to the market and it tells you what what they want um and that's kind of just the way that everything has been shaped is we, we kind of brought it to market uh, and just kept listening to the customer and then we made decisions based on what they were telling us and Chris, what was one of the early uh, stumbling blocks or challenges you had in whether it be production, getting it to market, maybe it was you know licensing with the leagues? I mean, none. I mean, so for me, I didn't really look at things as a stumbling block. I have a, I love to say you're winning or learning, right? So for me, um, now again, you know, I've had a handful of companies, so. I've kind of been there, done that in a lot of ways. So I kind of knew where to go. I didn't know exactly what the path looked like, but I kind of had an idea. So we avoided a lot of the stumbling blocks and we had an astounding growth curve because I had a little bit of background in it, right? Because we had faith in one another's ability, trust, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, when our numbers are what they are, call MLB and you're like, Hey, we want a license. And they're like, no, we're like, here's our numbers. And they're like, here's your license, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's cool. So that's um, a quality, no brainer product here. It's a badass product. I mean, we got yeah. 20,000 five-star reviews. And, and like, you know just what I mean? a side note here and, and we'll do the proper plug at the end, but once you get this thing, I mean, you're holding a freaking bat. I mean, this is a real bat, right guys? Like, like this is sturdy. It's, it, it's got, yeah, you know, you know what it is when you got it in your hand for sure. Yeah. They're awesome. But again, we put out a quality product, right? So when you put out a quality product, people, love it. They talk about it. They showcase it. They, they, they give you great reviews. Uh, they always come back for more. So, I mean, the, the, the stumbling block we had was me learning about some of the production hmm. when it was just me and Randall, right? And then me trying to get Randall to understand how to leverage, not just money, but remember Karen, Karen was our first employee. Love Karen. She's not, no, no longer with us anymore, but I still talk with her. Amazing, amazing, amazing person. And we were like a thousand orders behind. Customers were just pissed off. And it was like, listen, we need to bring somebody in to put out customer service fires. And, and Randall's like, well, we got to make money so we can pay this person. I'm like, no, we got to bring this person in so we can make money. Exactly. Right? Just some Part of those kinds of conversations that I had kind of lived through a little bit. And this was kind of new to him. 
but I mean, these were, I mean, if that's the biggest roadblock we face coming up, you call I mean, these good problems, right? Like, yeah, that's not, that it wasn't really a problem. It was about a week long conversation. We brought on this girl and then hindsight, we're like, oh yeah, that was a good move. You know, um, uh, and we also have a, uh, a saying that we've kind of adopted for a while. And if it's not a hell no, it's a hell yes. I like that. So if he brings an idea to the table or something and I'm like, hell no, then it's cut down. If it's a, I don't really don't care. I don't like it. The hell yeah, we give it we give it a try. You lose Fail in the fastball forward, dude. You, you lose know? in the middle ground. The middle is where you lose. The middle is where yeah. you lose there. What could your business do with dozens of additional closed sales every single month? I'm Brian Cristiano, CEO of Bold Worldwide and creator of Deal Flow Accelerator, boot camp style training program for business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales leaders to help them close up to thirty to one hundred and twenty percent more deals in just six weeks. If you want to learn more about this program or watch a webinar on how to implement this strategy yourself, visit bold.ceo slash pause. Let's grow. I want to spend a little bit, and, and Randall, I'd love to get your take on, on building community, building avid fans, avid customers. How'd you guys go about that from the beginning? Like really having you know, rabid fans that love the products, that recommend it. How do you guys build and foster community? by caring uh, I guess Chris and I were, were part of this thing that people were kind of asking us questions and then like just the customer experience in general just just like just giving a shit like it's it, it, I don't think it's rocket science um, it's simple <laughs> yeah it's really simple and and uh, I think I think the internet has kind of diluted it that it's hard to have like that human connection because it because it's through the internet but uh, I mean, we have live calls. Somebody calls. I mean, it's a business, uh, and I think I think where people get confused is like when they say it's a brand or it's a uh, or, or like when people live in the the drop shipping world where they're just trying to get a, a product to a customer and nothing else happens in between. Right. Um, I mean, we're we're running a business, and uh, the most important thing in a business is the customers. And uh, you just put things in place that you, you take care of the customers. I, I just feel like it's just kind of just logical, I guess. Well, I'll throw a couple of things in there, Adam. I mean, if, you're, if your audience, you guys look for golden nuggets and oh, yeah. things that they can take and implement. I can certainly tell you what some of those look like. Sure. Culture. Please. Culture. Internally, externally. Be very clear on your mission, who you are, more importantly, who you aren't. And it is clear to everybody in your organization who we are and who we aren't. Who are you not? Right? And, and, and it's creating a culture. It's painting a clear picture so that everybody's staring at the same picture. And part of our culture is uh, give direction, not directions. Here's where we're going. Now it's time to get us there. If you need help, let me know. So right? It's a lot of empowerment to your team. And uh, on the customer side, on the flip side of that, it is it really is about consistency on your message we, we are the same guys you're, you meet now we're the same guys at a baseball game and i'll be the same guy tomorrow when i'm speaking on stage you know we have we have a consistent message unapologetically authentic so people know us without a doubt who we are right <laughs> and then from a customer standpoint it's like like randall said just give a shit do the right thing every single day and the money the money actually is about fourth or fifth concern on our list because that takes care of itself you do when you consistently right, do the out. right things, you know? 
So it's interesting. You speak, yeah, it you always speak, does. You speak about culture. You speak about the how. Let's talk for a second here about how you guys hire uh, as you're expanding. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, I don't need the full interview process, but what are some of those questions that you ask to really suss out, you know, character, drive, and, uh, you know, if someone is going to really mesh well with everyone? Well, we check their stats like war and exit velo first. <laughs> Uh, exit exit angle it, velocity. It, yeah, right. So really, honestly, my opinion on it is I believe you hire a person and you teach them a job. Um, if you want a salesperson, you got to find somebody with charisma, right? If you want, uh, if you want somebody to, to run logistics, you need somebody with attention to detail. I, I feel like there's, a, there's core characteristics based on the project and the position, and you find that person and you teach them a job. And oftentimes, if they don't have experience in that job, but they have the right tools, you don't have to deprogram and, and uh, unravel what's right. been done differently or wrong. Right. Uh, That's my perspective. But again, we have picked lanes. So I'm in charge more of the sales, the collaboration, the promotion, the celebrity, this kind of stuff. And Rand, because that's more me and Randall's more attention to detail and makes it look good. So he's more oh, he oversees more the 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 operational side of things. Um, so, I mean, you could probably speak much more in detail on what you guys look for down there. But the other thing is we hired a bunch of people to run those divisions. So we're not doing the hiring. You put the right people in play and, and, and you trust them. You know, I, yeah. I always go with the old adage, you know, you know, trust for me is I, I trust someone until they give me a reason not to. I give them enough rope yeah, you know, to, to hang sure. themselves. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Is that the way you kind of go about it when it comes down I, to trust? I, th- I think um, – I, I think like if you throw a chicken in with a bunch of alligators, the alligators is going to eat the chicken. Uh, the same applies to kind of like our, our culture of things is like we have, we have a core group of people that, that drive our business forward. And for me, I'm, I'm a big feel person. So if it feels right, whenever I'm just interviewing the person, like almost immediately, I, I know whether or not I want to integrate them Intuition. into our, yeah. And, and so so if it's uh you know a minute or two in and I like them I kind of make the decision but then like ultimately the it's going to self police because of what we've built at like a core level. So uh, if it's if it's an alligator he's going to swim with the he or she's going to swim with the alligators if it's a chicken it's going to it's going to weed itself out anyways. I hear you. Um, so uh, yeah that's well, that's the kind of the bred, approach I think. Bred a team. Our culture bred a team and when a team mate comes on and they're not up to par the rest of the team's like, no, this ain't gonna work. It's gonna be. You know, we're running here. We don't need you in here messing stuff up. So, it, and they have our back, right? And and I remember Randall. I think you were out of town, and I went in. Things were tense, so I went to the store. I bought like fifteen cards. I hand wrote notes to everybody, gift cards and everything. Hey, your smile, your smile lights up this whole place. Keep it up, right? Just things like that. And so we're, they know we've got their back. I've been up there. Randall's been up there at midnight, one in the morning, packing boxes during Christmas. Whatever it looks like, you know, they know that that we don't ask people to do anything that we won't do ourselves. And that culture allows them to take the same ownership actions, right? Like they own the culture too. And that's and, a big deal. And that, that is a big deal. And Randall, what would you say, you know, from your time playing ball, you know, that, you know, 
teamwork, teamsmanship, sportsmanship. What are, what, are, what are a couple of those real key things that you really want to infuse in the culture of dugout mugs? Uh, it's a different animal to me. Um, as much as I thought, like, I, I could go into business and kind of replicate a clubhouse or a dugout or uh, something along those lines, I, I realize, and this, and, and I might be completely off with this, or this is my own philosophy, but um, I kind of learned the hard way that uh, I, I think there's got to be a separation between uh, not necessarily friendship, but like maybe uh, like there's a lot of banter in clubhouses. There, there's a lot of like kind of, for lack of a better term, grab ass go- going on in, in, in clubhouses to where uh, I find myself that if I try to bring that, that, that style of uh, or that philosophy to, to business, um, it doesn't really work for me. Business is business. Like, let's show up. Let's let's do the job. Let's enjoy it. Let's let's be good to one another. But let's let's not let's not try to mix in the grab ass and the banter. That's that's interesting too. There's there's definitely a, a they a can ba- they can grab ass. It's really the biggest the biggest separation is between us running the right. ship, the, the manager com- running the team, it's camaraderie. the team. We encourage we encourage the grab assery. Have fun if you're and by not that, enjoying we mean camaraderie doing, from a legal perspective. Everybody, <laughs> let's just yeah. be very clear yeah. here. No, yeah, I our HR it. department's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Remember before the show, race, I said I've race. never once, I've never once had to remove something from a podcast. But we're gonna go back and no, no. But these guys, well, yes, you know, with the, I, the ghost and reference, and and, and, and I love, and yeah, and I love it what you guys are building here. So let's talk about the future. Uh, before you showed this, the the aluminum. Uh, the bat mug, if you want to hold that up for a second here. Um, was this just the next logical progression? Was yep. this just like, all right, guys, we've done the wood thing, you know, let's go back. Let's grab some of these bats from the miners. Did you do any product re- market research here? Like, are people going to love it? Or we is this do a, a ton a of research. Of gate? We're extremely data-driven as an organization. Uh, we may not look like it from the outside, but that's something I learned a long time ago to be – very heavy in and randall agrees i know because that's how we run the thing and development product development we started with the, the the dugout mug the og but then we came out with like some of these like some of the the the, the colored models and then the oh, whiskey awesome. glass and the bottle opener and the shot glass you know all the different variations and iterations of product that still are on brand mm-hmm. and and we ask a lot of questions and people are like oh i wish it held more Right, because this is a this is a, a collect. I mean, you see them all behind me, yeah. all autographed and stuff. Like these are collector, you know, items, really cool one use here and there, kind of thing. great for gifts, whatever. But Special. people are like, I want something to put. It, I want a lid. They I want, want an everyday. Hours. They want an everyday mug. They want a daily user, and that's what we did. It holds twenty ounces. It's got a lid. It looks just like a bat lid, but it slides right. Um, yeah, and then we took it to MLB and we said, "Hey, we need this." And they said, "Oh man, no, Yeti. You know, Yeti is our. You know, we." And then again, we showed them our numbers. We said, "Listen, we polled our X hundred thousand customers, and eighty percent of them said they'll buy one of these. Are you sure you don't <laughs> want to? Sure do you don't want to do this? Yeah." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we just had a change of heart." And I'm like, "Okay." So we got <laughs> licensing on it too. So it, I think it was a logical next step and a practical product added to a hell of a roster that we already had. I love it. And guys, business has been great. And I think you mentioned before, you might have some news to share. Yeah. So today, actually, when we get off this call, we made it on the Inc. 5000. We don't know where today it's revealed. Uh, today's the 10th. So they do a reveal on where we end up on the Inc. 5000. So as long as you're not 5000. Uh, we, we made it to the Inc. 5000 <laughs> in, in less than five years. So it's pretty sick. 
guys, that's awesome, and I and I and I and I love your growth here, and I and I applaud your efforts here. But something every day that you repeat to yourself. Um, today's gonna be a great day. I mean, that's the very first thought that that hits my mind as soon as I wake up. I've trained myself to uh, when I get out of bed, just or not as soon as my eyes shoot open. Today's gonna be a great day. Uh, it's not advice, but uh, maybe it's advice to myself or just a reminder to myself that uh, today's gonna be a great day. I love it, Chris. Um, create a system you're not a component of. I mean, I live my life like that. Randall knows that. <laughs> Uh, as soon as I see something, I, I try to find a way to outsource, delegate, automate, replicate something. And if you create a system that you're not a component of, like you have time and that's, you know, if there's a, so I, I live by a lot of those mantras. I mean, Randall, how many of those have you heard over the years over and over again? Um, and time is, you know, people think they have time. You don't. You don't have time and you don't have control. So when you just let go and stop thinking you have all the time in the world to get shit done and you do it now and stop making excuses, um, I think that's super powerful. And then uh, being unapologetically authentic. There's one thing I don't have to remember and that's what story I told somebody. Like this is what you get. I'm so likable. Much. If you like me, great. If you don't, that's co- that's okay. I always High say, five and move on. But right. I, I think those are just a few that I, from on a daily basis, that. Right. It's so much easier to tell the truth. You don't have to remember the lie. That's what I tell you. It's just, it's just easy. It's yeah. just easy. Randall, let me, let, me, let me ask you this question. You know, do you feel that this journey of your life where you're at now is, is the path that you're always meant to be on? Do you ever look back and feel like, you know, you failed baseball or – you know, any, any regrets along the way? No. Uh, I mean, my number one, uh, thing in life is faith. So, um, yeah, I, I believe that all things are happening the way they're supposed to be happening. And if they're not like, if you don't feel like they are, it's just because something better is on the horizon. So I have faith in that. And, um, yeah, I think everything is going exactly the way it's supposed to be going. That's tremendous. Chris, the number one piece of advice you would give to any aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Damn, one. Uh, create a system you're not a component of. But I mean, also, make a decision and then make it the right one. That waffling back and forth crap, man, it does just waste time. You know, don't be scared to fail. You don't actually lose until you stop. I mean, yep. there's a lot of that stuff out there, man. Um, it just comes down to grit, quit your bitching, you know, nothing was given to me on a silver platter. Nothing. Most entrepreneurs I know, you know, it's, it's about grit. Randall. I mean, we talked about that at the beginning. Like you, I, part of my hesitation was, is this kid willing to work as hard as I know I work? And you're probably thinking your head is like, I'm going to work my ass off. Is this guy going to do it with me? Right. And, and I think that has a lot to do with it. It is a lot of grit, a lot of hustle, no more excuses. And you know, I think that goes a long way. So usually I ask this final question to a single guest here. So we're going to figure out how to do this one. And I want to see how close you're aligned here. So, you know, Randall, you go back to your life. You know, you go back to, you know, those early days out on the ball field, busting your ass, practice, working your way up through the minor leagues. That moment when you got cut by the Jays and really thinking about what's next in life. And you had to dig down deep, real deep and harness that inner tenacity to pull yourself forward 
up and you look back now with that faith and that gratitude that you have to what you guys are building here and Chris those journeys along the way the successes the failures that tan fat bod in the gym right doing the right thing all the way and you guys came together and you're building this freaking awesome empire and I love it here what is your collective compass how do you guys stay in focus Randall and Chris what is your north star I'll let you go ahead, Randall. <laughs> uh, so collectively, uh, like, what is Chris and I's collective North Star? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, no one said the show's easy, man. Building a company to sell, building it so that we can sell it, and then we'll decide if we want to. I think that is something that we and I both look at clearly is we build this company with data, with customers, with reviews, with we, we want to build a company that's so sexy that someone's going to come in north of $50 million and wave a check, and then we'll have the opportunity to take it or not if we decide, right? But we're building it that way regardless. I think that is a collective North Star. I have... Yeah, what's your, what's your individual yeah, North Star, Chris? You know, I have, I have two little girls, um, one that if, if things didn't turn out the way they did, wouldn't even exist. Hmm. Right. Um, I got a one and a half or she's almost two and almost seven, my two kids. And uh, they're super important. And I think. But, but even higher than that, what, what precedes that is time. Um, without time, you have nothing. Right. You, you, we're all in a line and we don't know how long the line is. The lines all always has an end. We don't know where we are. We can't skip. We can't trade places. You don't know when the end of the line is. So to think you have all this time to waste it with people you don't like, doing shit you hate. I'm literally on phone calls and I say, guys, I don't wanna be on this call anymore. Thank you for your time. And I'm out. I just saved Good. myself 20 more minutes that I can't get back, right? Create it. Um, I've gotten in the habit of taking 30 minute meetings, making them 15, but the fuck you need 30 minutes. Get to the point, you know? And it all comes down to time. So my North Star is time. And, and again, what do I decide to do with it at that point? I love it. Randall, what is your personal North Star? Uh, I feel like it's constantly kind of a moving target a little bit, but ultimately, uh, ultimately, I, uh, like something that deep within, like inside of me just feels like I was destined to do, do, to do great things, to receive in a big way so I can give in a big way. Um, and I think just living out that, that deep, deep feeling of like, I was, I, I'm meant to do something much larger than, than, uh, you know, just exist, um, I think that's ultimately what drives me. I love it. Awesome. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both so much for joining me today. I want everyone to check out dugoutmugs.com. These are freaking awesome. They're not just great for yourself. They, they're, they're killer gifts. They're great incentives. They're awesome. They're great collector's items. They're extremely drinkable. Fully support and endorse these guys. I want you to check them out. Uh, aside from Dugout Mugs, where could guys find you? Where could they connect with you? Where could they learn more? Dugout Mugs. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> Everything else is private. I don't have a Facebook anymore, thank God. Uh, uh, Instagram's private, but if anybody can find me on LinkedIn, Chris Dennert. Awesome. Yeah, link, LinkedIn as well, Randall Thompson. Awesome. These guys are awesome. Everyone check it out. And everyone joining us today, remember, find out more at thepodcast.com for everything. If you really like this episode, share it. It goes a long way. We appreciate it. Check out these guys. Support them. They're awesome. Remember, take care of each other. Look out for one another. And catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever.
But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>